Let's uh, begin with the nugget this morning. Um, it is better to be alone. It is better to be alone than in bad company. It is better to be alone than in bad company. And that nugget comes from the first president of the United States who is? Who? Okay, thank you. I was just wondering, maybe you're a different country. <laughs> Glory to God. So, our forefathers had uh, great insight into spiritual things. And maybe I'll start giving a few of those out. Okay. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word. I thank you, Lord, that not only do we glean new revelations from that word, but, Father God, we're able to put them into context in our lives, Father God, and go forth mightily with the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, American history um, has been fractured into a thousand broken pieces because there's so much, uh, I can't get the word, ideologically baggage that has alienated young uh, Americans from properly appreciating America. They're not taught, uh, the, uh, in schools, they're not taught about American history or government anymore. They're, they're talking about world history and, and how terrible we are. Um, the deception is r rampant through our uh, society. Truths and morals are no longer relevant. They have become twisted and rewritten to agree with the new world standards. Um, we are in a cultural war. This war is for the lives and the souls of every American. This is the ultimate battle, the battle of faith and unbelief. Those that are for God and those that are against him. Um, turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 5. That's the book of Isaiah chapter 5. I'm going to read something interesting. Isaiah chapter 5. Verse 20, from the King James verse, Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Read that from the Amplified. Woe to those who call evil good and, uh, and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put, it's the same thing, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So, uh, in our, I mean, you just had to pick up the newspapers to listen to the news today, and you're finding out people are saying wrong things. They're saying, this is good, this is bad. And, uh, well, it says, woe to them that call evil good. So, you know, there are a lot of people, unfortunately, that are falling, in, falling into this category, and uh, we can't have it. Um, if the, if the evil is successful, if it, if it succeeds, it will be thought of not as crooked, but clever. Oh, they were clever to get away with it. They were crooked in it, but they were clever to get away with it. And uh, we won't have to go too far in the political scene to find that out. Yeah. Amen. They have persuaded society to change the moral code to fit their behavior instead of changing their behavior to harmonize with the moral code. Um, the moral code has been twisted and dis distorted so badly that it's difficult to tell if it's genuine or not. Okay, let's go to the book of Romans right now. Turn with me to the book of Romans. And chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. Uh, 
people's consciences have been perverted. God does not change the moral laws to suit their behavior. Romans chapter 1, verse, beginning with verse 21. That's Romans 1, 21. Because of that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed or exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and to birds and forfeited beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God gave him up unto a unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Wow, that's heavy. So you see where the mind, our minds have been diluted because of the lies that has gone forth. Um, and unfortunately the children are being... Uh, caught up in this uh, vacuum. Romans, cha Romans chapter 7 this time. Romans chapter 7. Look at verse 23. We're talking about the conscious. Romans 7, verse 23 from the King James. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Let me go to the Amplified and read that. That's Romans chapter 7, verse 23 from the Amplified. But I discern in my body members in the sensitive appetites and the wills of the flesh. Whoa, that's pretty heavy. A different law, rule, by, a rule of action, at war against the law of my mind, my reason, and make, making me a prisoner of the law of sin, that dwells in my body, bodily organs, in sensitive appetites and the wills of the flesh. Wow, that's, that shows you where a, lot, where a lot of people are. We allow our flesh to control us. And we, we look at good and call it evil. And if we can get by with something, it's, it's perfectly all right. You know, yeah. well, so-and-so did it. Uh, we can do it too. Uh, being self-centered is another reason... We are uh, inclined to call evil good, being self-centered. Uh, being self-centered ref refers to this. What's in it for me? What's, what kind of uh, thing can I get out of it? Uh, and we go forth to make excuses for ourselves to call evil good. Well, you know, it's just a simple little lie, a little white lie. It's evil. All lies are evil. Okay. Okay, let's uh, back up in the New Testament and go to the book of Luke. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Luke chapter 18. We're going to see something here. Or at least we, I hope you'll see something here. In Luke chapter 18. Beginning in verse 9. That's Luke 18, 9. And he spake a parable. This is Jesus. And he spake a parable unto a certain which trusted in themselves. What? Trusted in themselves? Self-sufficient? Self that they were righteous and despised others. Well, I'm better than you. Okay. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Himself. Thank God, I, God, I thank thee that I'm not like as, pardon me, thank God, God, I thank thee that I am not as the other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or, or even as that publican over there. I fast twice a week, I give my tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing far off would not lift, his, up, up, lift up so much his eyes into heaven, but smote on his breast, saying, 
God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. So self-righteousness is a, a problem. What did this publican do? Or, pardon me, this Pharisee do? He saw himself as good. He was calling himself good for the evil he was doing because he was doing this out of, out of self, not, not obedience to God. Um, the self-righteous Pharisee thought he was someone he was not. Jesus said he, he's not the person who he thinks he is. Evil, any evil, disguises itself as, a, as good to control and deceive us. Let me write, read that again. Any evil disguises itself as good to control and deceive us. Any evil. It's a good donut shop, right? I mean, for some people, you, know, you can walk in a donut shop and not have it. Other people, you can't walk in there, you know, whatever it is. And we say, well, that's all right, you know. One is not going to hurt me. Two, you know, it's forgiving. Three, I just got to watch it. Five, of overboard. So you stay with the three. And we're not supposed to even go to the one. So the evil of breaking what you were supposed to do is now turned into a good because we have made an excuse why we can do it. Okay? That's bad news. Okay, so evil again. Any evil disguises itself as good to control and deceive us. So watch out when the temptation comes because that's evil. It's there to control us. Okay, let's now turn to the beginning of your Bible. Let's go to um, Genesis chapter 3 all the way to the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 3. I write this one right? Okay, verse 5. Genesis 3, 5. For God, the serpents is speaking. For God knoweth that in the day that ye eat thereof, that then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Well, they were already like God. They could speak things into existence. They could have kept that, that serpent out of the, the uh, garden. They, they knew all the animals. They named everything, so they were like God. But the lie came in, and they fell for the lie. They believed the lie instead of what God told them. Let's go to Deuteronomy. We're going to be just... Next is Numbers, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 12. That's Deuteronomy chapter 12, looking at, beginning with verse 30. That's Deuteronomy 12, 30. Take heed unto thyself that thou may not... Take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by the following them. After that they were... After that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their God, saying, How did these nations serve God? Even so I will do likewise. Well, we, the children of Israel came into the, a new land, and God says, don't take up what they were doing. It was evil, but we see here they, they did take it up. They didn't follow through. They were told, told not to observe the evil practices, and they followed through on evil. Well, this, you know, it's not going to hurt me if I just do it once. I'm just going to find out. Um, years ago, um, there was uh, a gentleman called Ed Cole. He's passed on since then. And he had uh, a men's ministry. And he, uh, he said that uh, he wanted to find out. He couldn't figure out why 
guys got caught in pornography. So what did he do? He went to a pornography site, looked at it, and he couldn't get it out of his mind. So he, he was told not to practice that evil, but he wanted to find out what was the pull. It was a good thought, but it was an evil, evil that came out of it. Good and evil. That's what we're talking about this morning. Proverbs chapter 21. The book of Proverbs chapter, chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21, looking at verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Uh-oh. Every way is right. Every, every way of a man is right in his own, own eyes. Wow. Uh, until, you're, until our minds are completely renewed, we can't follow that thing. When we get a renewed mind, then we can say everything that uh, is right in our own eyes. Okay. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah right now and see the next one. In Jeremiah chapter 17, Jeremiah chapter 17. Look at this. Jeremiah 17. Verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Good and evil. If you follow your own reasons, we're going to fall. fall. Because our reasons have been programmed by the world. And we need, that's why we need to renew our mind. The heart is deceitful and des desperately wicked. Okay, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to the New Testament now. Looking at good and evil. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Looking at verse 15. Or starting with verse 15. Matthew 7. Starting with verse 15. Beware the, of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. You shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. We need to beware of those that we, you could say, counsel or take counsel, take counsel from or talk to. You're talking about false prophets. Beware. Are they a good, good individual or they, got, or, or, or they kind of do things on the slide? We have to be careful there. Let's go to John chapter 8 this time. John chapter 8. Whoa. John chapter 8, looking at verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Wow. Beware here. The devil is the father of lies. We need to avoid following his footsteps and those that follow him. A lot of people, you know, I hate to say it, they, they follow somebody's uh, footsteps to become, uh, you know, 
they become their uh, idol and uh, and they begin to do what they do uh, they they listen to them they they follow so much on on their uh, example that it becomes bad and oftentimes what we can what we consider good is evil because it just covered in its mask in a different way. We think they're doing so great. So we've got to be careful. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 again. In Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 28, beginning Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain... God and their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, uh, maliciousness, being full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, magnanimity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despisers, uh, proud, boasters, uh, inventors of evil think. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, obedient, disobedient to the parents without understanding. Covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which uh, commit such things are worthy of death, not only uh, do the same, but have pleasure in doing them. Wow. How many know that you've got a, got a problem that needs to be cleared out, but you have a pleasure in it. Nobody raised their hand. Nobody's, everybody's head went bowed. I know you're praying about it now. <laughs> but there are certain things that, we're, that God has told us not to do, and he's, he's placed it in his word. We read it, but we just continue to stumble and fall after that. Wrong thing because we feel so good about it. It's evil. Good versus evil. So, you know, we need to sharpen ourselves up and get, get cleaned up with God's word. Oh, let's go to 1 Corinthians. We, we're moving along. We're good here. And everybody's yelling, hallelujah, jumping up and down because none of it's affecting you. You can say, that, I know that's for her and that's for him, but none for me, right? <laughs> we pick and choose. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, look at this. You know, we just, we just got, got, uh, went through uh, Yom Kippur last week. And Yom Kippur is what? Uh, beginning of a new year. And uh, removing of sin. And what did they do on Yom Kippur? Days of Yom Kippur. They took bread. Which symbolized. Not, uh, not uh, just bread. Not unleavened bread. They took the bread. They, they went to a, a body of water. And what did they do? They threw it in there to cast away their sins. So it was representing what their sins. And look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Looking at verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Why? Because you, we, you said we have an evil thought. Know that you know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little leaven in your life destroys your testimony or, or your witness. How many, you know, a lot of people, you know, we run into people all the time, uh, especially in the grocery store and all that type of stuff. I'll have to go back to the, to the, to the item, you know, uh, in the service I was going through the child line after, after, gra uh, after graveyard shift, getting a breakfast, you know, and, you know, and, and the poor guy, the server was on the other side. He says, would you like some, you know. I said, no. I mean, always downright rude. You know, all the other times I was good for the guy. But every time after that, even though I apologize, 
he kind of looked at me, okay, what side are you going to be on? You know, a grizzly bear or, you know, uh, somebody nice. So what, what did you do to somebody that they look at you? I don't know if I can trust that person because they did something wrong. They, you know, they did something to somebody. You know, we've got to watch ourselves. What? First Corinthians 5, 6, let's look at it again. Your glorying is not good. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. That's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 from the Amplified. About the condition of your church, your boasting is not good. Indeed, it is mostly unseemly and entirely out of place. Do you not know that just a little leaven, bad stuff, will ferment the whole lump of dough? That little sin just burst out all over. It's a contamination. Okay. Uh, Second Timothy, going to Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three, verse thirteen. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Wow. Things are getting worse in our country. Deceiving and being deceived. They're trying to deceive other people. They're, in fact, first of all, they're, just de they're deceiving themselves because they walk in lies. It's evil. They're thinking it's good, but they're being deceived. They're trying to, de they just try to de destroy everything. Okay, I'm going to go to the Amplified. It's uh, 2 Timothy chapter. 3, verse 13 from the Amplified. But wicked men and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and leading astray others and being deceived and led astray themselves. Wow. And a lot of people follow a negative person. When you got a negative person, a lot of people follow a negative person because they like doing bad things, wrong things. There's no good in them. Uh, we are living in these, at this time of, of this thing here. And being deserved. Wow. We're living in times where everything is bad. Uh, people who are, who are doing the evil things are not ashamed. They're proud to, to bring accusations up, lying accusations. They shout their lies out from the top of the roof or to the media in, in some areas. Uh, they shout their, their accusations, their lies to the world to destroy someone. There's no good in that. Just vile evil. Okay, there are three terms that have been altered during this time. They twist and change and promote evil, these three things. Relativity, I'm not talking about... Uh, relativity means the existence only in the relationship to thinking of the mind rather than absolute Relativity says there is no absolutes. Uh, therefore, if there's no absolutes, there is no truth. That's, that's where we're at in, in uh, our country and a lot of, uh, and especially on, on the religious side, there's no truth. Second word we want to look at is tolerance. Uh, we know to used to know tolerance is uh, putting up and bearing with people whose uh, beliefs, uh, lifestyles, and visions uh, don't agree with you. That, that's being tolerant. Okay? Um, you bear 
you bear gracefully and kindly, although you disagree with him. That, that's the way tolerance was used to be. Or uh, spoken of. Today, tolerance means this. To put up and bear with different views, values that you do not, that you do not own. But through this tolerance, we are demanded to accept those beliefs as equal to our own values. We must accept their values because everything is relevant because there's no absolute truths. So, especially Christians, you don't have the absolute truth. All religions go to God. No, only one. So, they don't believe the absolute truth. You cannot, in intolerance, when you're when you, they call us intolerant. You cannot impose your Christian views or beliefs because such beliefs are intolerant and you're called a bigot. You're just a Christian bigot because you don't believe that. Life doesn't start at conception. We can take a life anytime we want. Your, your, your thoughts, your Bible is wrong. The lies. That's tolerance. They want you to endorse or agree in what they do as being perfectly normal and acceptable and fine. You can't say anything about it. And if you do, you're a bigot. Mm. Third word we want to look at, it, look at this morning, discrimination. It used to mean to understand or distinguish and evaluate between good and bad. To understand or distinguish and evaluate between good and bad. Now, discrimination means today. It means to rule out, to impose, to restrict, to shut down those who disagree with your, their point of view and their agenda. So if you disagree with those people, you are, are discriminating. Today, Christians are discriminated against. Listen to this. Any system that is intolerant and has dogma or teaching must be eradicated, says the UN. You have to be tolerant of anybody. You cannot be intolerant. The UN says that. That's part of their thing a couple years back. Christians, listen to this, Christians must be extracted from society completely for they jeopardize mankind's purpose on earth. Well, look at, look at there's more Christians, there. they say there's 11 Christians dying every year, uh, not every year, but every day, someplace, I mean, martyred, killed. There is no zero tolerance for Christianity. You, you can't be intolerant. The world will not accept the absolutes. Listen, the world will not accept the absolutes of the Christian faith. The world has zero tolerance for the Christian faith. Again, it seeks to completely remove the plague called Christianity. Christianity is a plague. We've got to remove it. So it's time for, as Christians, to take a stand up for our godly principles and not be, and become a light, pardon me, become a light in the dark world. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. It's the only way we're going to be able to Go forth. Matthew chapter 5. If, if we're doing what we're supposed to do, things will change. But if we are behind closed doors, hiding our, our light in the bushel, it's not good. Okay, we're going to Matthew chapter 5. Did I say? Yes. Matthew 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, Wherein shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, 
but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your God which is in heaven. We need to let our light shine and not, I mean, they say you're intolerant. We're intolerant. We can't, we say Jesus is the only way. They say, that, well, you can, you can get to heaven by any way you want. We've got to stick with what the word of God says, not, not what man says. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. Now we're going to go to some, somebody interesting. Go to uh, 1 Kings. In 1 Kings chapter 3. And uh, this is a prayer. We're going to look at a prayer. And I believe we can be established. We need to establish this in our hearts also. That's uh, 1 Kings chapter 3. Oops. And I'm in the wrong Kings. Okay, got first, first Kings chapter 3. All right, here we go. Verse 5. 1 Kings 3, 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David my father great mercy according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept him, kept for him this great kindness that thou shalt give him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And, and now, O Lord my God, thou hast made a, thy servant king instead of my David my father and I am but a little child I know not how to go out or to come in and thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude here it is verse 9 give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I might discern between good and bad, or good and evil. For who is able to judge this thy great people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked these things. It's vital for us to ask the Lord to give us a discerning heart to know good and evil. That was the, that's the wisest thing that we can ask the Lord for, to show us what is good and evil. Because when we are... are, are Confronted with certain things, they may sound good, but they can be wicked or evil. And they're just being high, just like we, we started in the very beginning in, in Isaiah chapter 5. <coughs> calling good evil and evil good. We need to be able to discern. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's return to the book of Matthew now. Matthew chapter 7. Uh, remember what? But Solomon asked for to have to know good and evil. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 7. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. If we're asking, we're going to receive that to be able to discern good and good and evil. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So, ask, seek, and knock. It be given unto us. Matthew chapter 21. Let's go to Matthew 20, 21 now. Matthew 21. Verse 21. Matthew 21, 21. And Jesus answered and said unto them, I verily have, I, I say unto you, if ye have faith and not doubt, ye shall say not only to this which is done to the fig tree, but also if thou shalt say to the mountain, be thou removed 
it shall be cast into sea, and it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. We know we need to believe that God is going to give us the discernment for good and evil. Because a lot of people will look good, but their intent is evil. And we have to know, have that discerning. Amen? Oh, back up to chapter 9 of Matthew. Sorry. Chapter 9. Did I write it right? Well, I'm sorry. Misprint, so I don't know where I'm at. Okay, we'll have to let that one go. Again, let's go back to Matthew chapter 5 then. Just a few chapters back. 5.16 Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have to know which is good and right and follow through because you are a light to the world. Okay. Um, quiz time. Yeah, perfect time. Quiz time. Who was Isaac's half-brother or older brother? Genesis chapter 25, looking at verses 8 and 9. Who is Isaac's half-brother? Ishmael. Thank you, Ishmael. Glory to God. Ishmael was the elder brother of Isaac. And do you recall how many sons Ishmael had? It was, a, it was a question a few weeks ago. Twelve. Thank you. He had twelve sons. Glory to God. Who else had twelve sons? Jacob. All right. You, you're getting good. You're getting good. All right. Okay. Isaac's wife, Rebecca, had two sons. Right, I'm going to see how much you, you thought. They were twins. What were their names? I know didn't, I didn't ask this, but it's in the same context. Isaac and Rebecca had two sons. You already named one of them earlier. Jacob is one who's, who was his twin. Esau, and he was, I don't know how to get two twins. One had red hair, hairy all over, and the other was smooth, and they were twins, you know. Okay, next week's quiz. Are you ready for this one? This is a good one. It's, we go to the New Testament. What? Don't say it if you already know. What? was a silversmith's name in Ephesus who started a riot. Oh, right. You're with me. Again. What was a silversmith's name in Ephesus who started a riot? Paul was there, I'll tell you that much, but, I, but he wasn't, he didn't start the riot, okay. <laughs> he wasn't the silversmith either. So that gives you, oh, did you want an address or do you want, you, shall I just give you the, the, I'll give you the, the chapter and you can find out the verse. Make you read. Acts chapter 19. I'm not going to tell you the verse this time. We're going to start letting you study a little bit. Glean, all right. So who was the silversmith? Glory to God, hallelujah. Okay. Looks like we have communion service this morning. Glory to God. So, anybody know what kind of bread we have here? And leaven. 
Levin speaks of stuff that makes you puff up. Pride makes you puff up. Okay, it's unleavened. Okay, and when when did we first learn of unleavened bread? Should I leave that for another question? <laughs> the Passover is when we first heard of lemon bread. All right. Glory to God. So we're going to receive the communion in a moment here. And uh, Paul writes in chapter 11 of uh, 1 Corinthians, beginning with verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. What did his body do? I'm, I'm full of questions this morning. What did his body do? What did, what did he accomplish in his body? One more time. He took a beating. Real bad. And the beating was for what? Strife for our healing. And that means mentally. It's not just physically, but mental. Okay. Let's go on to verse 25. After the same manner, he also took the cup and which he had said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do is often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What did the blood do? The blood washes all sin away. Wow. What a blessing. Our bodies can be healthy. You know, I like what it says about when, when Moses was about ready to die. You know what it said about Moses? Another question. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural forces abated. I mean, he was strong. He was young. He was energetic. I've got to talk to my eyes a little bit more. But glory to God. We can have the same, you know, you find something in God's word that's a blessing, we can go out and appropriate it. Because God gave his ultimate gift to us, Jesus. And anything other than Jesus is secondary. So anything that you find, a promise in God's word that you can use, start to claim it. Start to speak it. So I think all of us will be losing glasses soon. Think about it. Okay. We'll come up and just uh, pick up our uh, emblems as the music plays. And we'll, once we're all together, we'll receive communion together. The emblems that you have represent the Lord Jesus body and blood they speak of a victory a victory that came through death in exchange so father we as we partake in the bread we thank you lord for the victory that we have through our Lord a blessing to make us whole. In Jesus' name, amen.
the cup representing his blood. is the highest victory that was given. It destroyed the works of Satan, the sin that held us in bondage to him. We thank you, Lord, for the cup, the blood, which washes away all our sins. We thank you, Lord, that we are now the redeemed. And we say so in Jesus' name. Amen. We can all stand, I guess. Father, we are praising you and we are thanking you for the glorious opportunity, Father God, to walk this earth, Father God, being salt and light to a lost and dying world. Thank you, Lord, that we take the opportunities given to us, Father God, to be a blessing, Father God, to those that we come in contact with. Thank you, Lord, each word that we speak and those that we touch, Father God. A healing will come their way. So, Father, we praise you for it. And as we go our separate ways, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you have made, Father God. And we do so rejoice in it. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.